0: Hello and a very warm welcome as you join us here on Search for Truth. Thanks for tuning in. Our present series of talks is aimed at making you absolutely sure that your salvation is entirely and eternally secure if you have trusted in God. Brian is using uh, Bible evidence, the words of Jesus himself as well, to give us that assurance. Our series is called Once Saved, Always Saved, And today's talk shows how the biblical imagery for our salvation is of irreversible processes. So, now to Brian.
1: Thanks, John. Not only was Benjamin Franklin a great statesman and inventor, but he was also a great correspondent who received letters from famous people all over the world. One day, he received what could well have been the most important letter ever to arrive on his desk. It was from the well-known British preacher, George Whitefield. It said, I find that you grow more and more famous. As you have made such progress in investigating the mysteries of electricity, I now humbly urge you to give diligent heed to the mystery of the new birth. It is a most important and interesting study, and when mastered, will repay you richly for your pains. That, of course was to understate matters but no doubt the preacher was tempering his language so as to appeal to this man whom he may have suspected might have been otherwise dismissive. The topic of study the preacher was urging on Franklin was drawn from a famous conversation Jesus Christ had with a high-ranking religious leader and it's recorded for us in John's Gospel. Here we have it from chapter 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. It's clear, Jesus wasn't talking about someone becoming a reformed character or simply learning to mend his ways, far less merely turning over a new leaf. That's the best that human religion can do for a person. But this is so much more. Jesus is talking about a spiritual transformation, about becoming a new person. Only this can fit us for heaven. Nothing less can rescue us from the judgment which our sins demand. This is what it means to be born again, to be born of the Spirit of God, so becoming a new creation in Christ through faith alone, not by our own reforming efforts. When a person has become altogether new in this way, by repenting and turning to Christ, this invisible spiritual and inward transformation should then become evident to others by the fact that they now want to live very differently from the life they lived before their conversion. Soon after Augustine's conversion, he was walking down the street and passed by a prostitute whom he had known most intimately. She called, but he wouldn't answer. He kept right on walking. ''Augustine!'' she called again. ''It is I!'' Without missing a beat, And with the assurance of Christ in his heart, he replied, Yes, but it's no longer I. Because of Christ and his Spirit, Augustine was a changed man. He was born again, a brand new creation. The Holy Spirit's transforming part in our new birth is vital. We are born of the Spirit. Our part, under the action of the Spirit of God, is to receive Christ through faith, to believe in our Saviour's name, As John's Gospel, chapter 1, makes clear, he came to his own, that's the Lord Jesus, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And of course, faith comes by hearing, and that by the word of Christ, as Peter reminds us, for you have been born again, he says in First Peter 1 verse 23, you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, that is, through the living and enduring word of God. God's word is living and active. And so our new birth or regeneration is due to the exercise of its divine power under the operation of the divine spirit. We become children of God by the work of God. Compare for a moment the ordinary kind of birth that we're used to. Infants don't induce or even cooperate in their own birth. It's all of the parents' doing. No more can those who are dead in sins prompt the life-giving operation of God's Spirit within them. It's all of God's doing. When Jesus used the expression, to be born of the Spirit, He was stressing the truly supernatural nature of this profound change which God brings about in the repentant sinner who in faith comes to Christ alone for salvation. Such a change as is required cannot be our own work. The new birth is, in every sense, a miracle requiring divine power. This being so, it should be at once obvious, as we've said, that we cannot even do so much as to maintain such a miraculous happening by our own strength or effort. But let's stress this point in the overall context of our theme of study on eternal security. Let's stress this point by further saying that we are just as powerless to terminate this new birth relationship with God as we are powerless to initiate it in the first place. For consider how a human parent may often be displeased by the behaviour of, of his or her offspring. But that same parent is quite powerless to alter the reality of their parenthood, as would be readily confirmed by any genetic or biological test of their parentage. They may, in extreme cases, wish to disown their son or daughter, but nothing can change the stubborn, biological fact that the child is theirs. The parents alone brought this relationship about and neither parent nor child can alter it. The biblical imagery of new birth, as implying a persistent reality, is in this regard consistent with many of the plain Bible statements in connection with the truth of the security of our salvation, as no child, not even a child of God, can ever be unborn. Christ's own illustration of our salvation, in terms of it being an irreversible new birth, agrees perfectly, of course, with the plain and obvious sense of the words he spoke later in John's Gospel, in chapter 10, in fact, when he emphatically said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give eternal life to them, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand here jesus himself emphasizes that the believer one of his sheep will never perish that security depends on him not us it depends on the strength of his love not ours the matter of our eternal security is in his hands and the father's hands it's not in our hands Nothing can slip between his fingers. He simply cannot lose his grip. We're talking of the God who can boast that the heavens in all their stellar magnificence are his handiwork, the work of his fingers. That's a reference to Psalm 8. But it's with Romans 8 that I want to take leave of you today, with these words in particular. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For those whom he foreknew, and these whom he predestined, he also called, and these whom he called, he also justified, and these whom he justified, he also glorified. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, then what we've just read from God's Word in Romans chapter 8 are five undeniable truths about you. You are foreknown, predestined, called, justified and glorified. Now listen out for the five unanswerable questions that follow. If God is for us, who is against us? Number two, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? And three, who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. And number four, who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. And finally, number five, who will separate us from the love of Christ? I am convinced, Paul says, by the Spirit... That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The chapter that begins by saying that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ by faith concludes as we do today, by also saying that for them there can be no separation. No separation from our Saviour is possible under any circumstance. You're secure. What's more, your security is in His hands. And consistent with that, He's the one who pictured your salvation as the irreversible result of a new spiritual birth.
0: I hope that you have believed the good news of salvation uh, have been born anew or spiritually reborn and you feel absolutely secure in God's love. Now, if you like to study this subject more deeply, more detail, there's the transcript booklet available. It covers the whole series, ten parts, and if you like one or more for group study, ask for the title, Once Saved, Always Saved, and you can contact us by email or by post. And here's the address. Search for Truth, P.O. Box 37, Surulere, Lagos State, Nigeria. And the email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. You can also find a selection of programmes and helpful material on the website at www.searchfortruth.org.uk. So that's all we have for today. I hope you enjoyed the programme and can join us again next week. And until then, it's very best wishes from Teacher Brian, Technician David, our singers and me, John. So goodbye for now and may God, as always, richly bless you.
2: O oh, ye who would enter the glorious rest And sing with the ransom the song of the blessed The life everlasting if ye would obtain Ye must be born